Let's talk 2022 Oklahoma Sooners. We got some power rankings, some SP plus ratings from ESPN, and some odds from Bet Online on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Lockdown Sooners Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and joining me as he does every day is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on The Ref, also 1400 Sports Talk in Oklahoma City. Josh, how's it going tonight, man? It's good. It's good. How are you, my friend? I'm doing wonderful, and thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Josh, let's look ahead a little bit to the 2022 college football season. We're just over three months away from the start of the season where they open up against UTEP. And, you know, everybody's got some power rankings out right now. And let's look at, let's look at Athlon Sports. Athlon, part of the uh, Sports Illustrated uh, network or family of articles, media outlets, things like that. They had the Oklahoma Sooners coming in at number 13. And part of their reasoning, they had a lot of a lot of things to say about Oklahoma. But the, the curious thing for me was that they came in uh, behind Baylor, uh, who came in at number 11? Ten, 11. There it is. Number 11. Sorry about that. Uh, and Josh, we kind of were talking about this. And your question for them was, is this Oklahoma's floor? for the 2022 season. So let's start with that. Where do you think, is this where Oklahoma is kind of the, the bottom end of where they should be in the 2022? I think if you asked Oklahoma fans, they're hoping that's the floor of Oklahoma, right? That's why I thought 13 was kind of an interesting ranking for Oklahoma. It's much lower than Oklahoma fans' expectations for 2022 and i think if you were to get you know 100 1000 sooner fans all together and just randomly ask them one simple question where would you rank oklahoma entering 2022 it would be much much higher than number 13 nationally i think there's a group of four teams that everybody sooner fans included would probably say safely they're comfortable getting ranked in front of Oklahoma. And that group is Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and maybe Clemson. I don't know if Sooner fans are ready to agree that Texas A&M at number five uh, should be ranked in front of Oklahoma. And there's probably a number of different teams I could toss in there for number five. I'm just kind of thinking collectively about a lot of the preseason rankings I've seen. And it seems like Texas A&M is kind of that fifth, sixth, that seventh team in a lot of these preseason rankings. Oklahoma fans, though, I think if it's if it's not in the top four, it's probably like five, six, seven. If you, again, asked 100 or 1,000 random Oklahoma fans just right off the bat, where would you rank Oklahoma? It wouldn't be 13, though. And, again, it got me thinking for OU, does Athlon Sports kind of have Oklahoma ranked at what Sooner fans are hoping is the floor for this season? It seems it seems low. I've I've seen places where they're a little bit lower. I think ESPN and their power rankings, 
like the the legit like article power rankings, not the SP or the uh, the football power index, had them as low as like 18 at one point in time. Now things shift around. You know, there's acquisitions that are made, um, but I was a bit surprised to see Oklahoma as low as they were with Athlon. Now they talk a lot about you know the off season of turnover that they've experienced, both at head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback. You know a lot of guys going off to the NFL. And so, yeah, you can understand where they're coming from a little bit on that front, but it's like we talked about on this show quite often is which big 12 team hasn't experienced turnover Baylor included. And I think you're right. I think most Oklahoma fans would probably consider the Sooners at least in that second tier of teams. If you're considering the elite, the Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia's of the world. And then, in that next tier of teams, you're probably going to have maybe a Clemson or Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Michigan, perhaps. And I think Oklahoma kind of factors in right around there. It's a big jumble of teams. We don't know who's going to emerge from that group. We thought Clemson was going to be really, really good last year. They stumbled early, had some inconsistent quarterback play, but played pretty well down the stretch. Michigan, we saw what happened when they got into the college football playoff. Oklahoma's experienced the same thing as well. Uh, Notre Dame, is Notre Dame actually going to be good this year? We see Notre Dame kind of rise and fall all the time. USC is going to be in that mix. I mean, we know the talent that they have. And and Lincoln Riley, though he left in the way he left and had some issues towards the end of his tenure at Oklahoma, he's a a good coach. Can we say he's a great coach? No, but he's a good coach. He's solid. Uh, And so there's a big jumble of teams, I think, after three that you could probably make a pretty good case for any of them being number four. But I think you're right. That first tier, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, they're the cream of the crop right now. They're the teams to beat. Uh, a lot of it because you know Alabama's bringing back Bryce Young. Ohio State's bringing back C.J. Stroud. That Georgia defense we expect to still be pretty, pretty good. And they've got their quarterback coming back, even though he's not necessarily at the same talent level as those other two guys that I mentioned. They're still going to be a really, really good team. So I think – if the 2022 season ended and Oklahoma was 13th in the country, I think most people would consider it to be a disappointment. I think a lot of Oklahoma fans don't mind flying under the radar a little bit. They're like, yeah, kind of hearkening back to 2000 when they started the season completely unranked. They're like, yes, yeah, sleep on us a little bit. Let us build our confidence. Let us build our resume as opposed to starting the season out. Like, yes, we're one of the top teams and then faltering at some point during the season and then having to, kind of reclaim that magic it's almost better it seems like Oklahoma fans a lot of times would prefer just to be the undersold underappreciated underrated team and then rise up the rankings yeah and that might be its own separate discussion at some point throughout this offseason that's an interesting thing about Oklahoma fans where that's definitely true and it probably is the magic of that 2000 season at work and the fact that you haven't been able to capture college football's ultimate prize since, and the most recent occurrence where you did end up uh, as the national champion came in a season where some polls you weren't ranked others. You were right there in the fringe of the top 25 and lo and behold, what did Oklahoma do? They ran the table. They were undefeated. Of course they had red October. It was a magical season. Oklahoma fans not being comfortable with expectations, I think, is kind of an interesting angle to that. You know, 
the Georgia's, Alabama's, Ohio State's of the world, Clemson, you expect to be in the top five of these rankings and you expect to live up to that ranking as a fan base because the results have have spoke to that. You have delivered that. But even as recent as last season for Oklahoma, if you're thinking about preseason rankings going in, guess what it was? It was a disappointing season with those types of rankings and expectations attached to it. Another year where Oklahoma was thought to be this national championship, national championship type team, and the suitors obviously – in that regard, fell flat on their face with the two late season losses and really were not a national factor at any point last season, even through a 9-0 start. They, they didn't feel like that national championship type Oklahoma team. So that's its own interesting angle. I agree with you. I do think a lot of Sooner fans like the factor of, you know, having some motivation. If there's some people being, you know, seeing Oklahoma as the 13th best team, but I also – get back to your original point, what you just made, which is if Oklahoma finishes number 13, I think there's going to be a lot of, eh, yeah, it was an okay season. If you win a big 12 championship. Okay. Well, we, we won the big 12 again. That part's nice, but finishing number 13 in the final AP poll or the final college football playoff rankings, that's going to be, I think a disappointment in Brent Venable's first season. If that's how it plays out. Right. And they finished number 10 at the end of 2021. And I think everybody considers that a disappointment because, again, it was a team that was supposed to go into it as a national co- title contender, had all this talent that especially, that went off to the NFL and didn't meet the expectations, didn't live up to the expectations, really throughout a lot of the season, not just with the two losses, but in games against West Virginia, Nebraska, uh, in their win against um, oh, Tulane, like just the fact that it was a close game at the end against Tulane and you had to recover an onside kick to win. I mean – this was a team that failed to live up to expectations for a lot of the season, even though they were undefeated. I think most people expected them to play much, much better. Um, speaking of Nebraska, we've got some things to talk about with the Cornhuskers as it relates to ESPN's SP plus ratings coming up after I talk to you about rock auto rock auto is a family owned business serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. They serve do it yourselfers, the professional mechanics, but they give all the same prices for everybody, whether you like to work on cars by yourself or whether you're the person like myself who takes their car to the mechanic, you can get a lot of your parts from rockauto.com. I mean, some of the things that I like to do for my car, I'd just rather go to Rock Auto, get the part myself and do it, the things that I'm comfortable with. If you're a do-it-yourselfer and you like to put your car together, go to Rock Auto. They've got everything you can need from tail lamps, brake parts, motor oil, even new carpet. Just go there, use their easy-to-use website. You can search for the part, and they will give you the lowest price of anywhere. They give you the same price that they're giving to the professional mechanic. Everybody gets low prices at Rock Auto. So go check it out, rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Hey, and we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take our audience survey to go Locked On podcast.com slash survey. Hey, 
Thanks for your help. Also, we, we thank you for all the comments on YouTube. Thank you for your reviews over on Apple or Spotify, wherever you leave, listen to your podcast. We always appreciate the feedback. So make sure you go leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. And Josh, we're going to get into some SP plus ratings. I like numbers. I like data. It's, it's really fun to look at. Uh, over at ESPN, they look at the SP plus ratings, taking into account returning production, recent recruiting results, and recent history of success. And um, as far as recent production is con- or returning production is concerned, the Oklahoma Sooners finished 71 or were 71st back in February. Recruiting, they've been really good over the last several years, generally finishing with top 15 classes, uh, whether it's Bob Stoops or Lincoln Riley. And then Brent Venables and his staff ended up turning a class that was looking like it was going to be a number 28 class at one point in time, according to 247 Sports, ended up as the number eight class in 2022. And we know Oklahoma's track record of success. They've won the Big 12 in recent years. Uh, they had a six-year run of dominance over the Big 12. They've, ran, they've won 14 conference titles in the history of the conference. So we know where Oklahoma's coming from on that front. But what's interesting here is that if you look at Oklahoma's SP rating, they come in at number five. So that's not necessarily surprising. The offense comes in ranked number five, the defense number 24. But it's the team that is the highest ranked opponent on Oklahoma's schedule has is what has brought us to this point. And that's Nebraska. Nebraska ranks number 29 in SP plus rankings ratings ahead of the Texas Longhorns. Why are we so high on Nebraska? Even even the over-unders on bet on Nebraska's win total at seven and a half, it blew me away. I'm like, what changed with the Cornhuskers to make us think that they're a much better team than they were when they went three and seven last year or three and eight last year? Good question. The SP plus ratings are interesting in the sense that it's a predictive model. So it's trying to forecast how 2022 will likely play out. And basically what it's saying is Nebraska ends next season as right there, a fringe top 25 team and nobody else on Oklahoma's schedule is a top 25 team. Now we've got a pretty good indication that that's not going to be the case that either Texas or Oklahoma state or Baylor or Kansas state, one of those other big 12 teams is going to finish as a top 25 team, but at least going in according to returning production, recent recruiting rankings, and then recent on field results history, this uh, model that Bill Connolly and ESPN is looking at the SP plus ratings really, really likes Nebraska. And, you know, the one thing that we, can say about last season for the Cornhuskers and we've talked about this before when we break down that trip to Lincoln is that you know I'm very much a did you win the game or not guy as many gripes as I could have about Oklahoma's 9-0 start I did at the time understand a little bit what Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch and the rest of Oklahoma staff was saying when they said okay but we're 9-0 and we, we won all nine of those games and the flip side of that equation would be Okay, yeah, Nebraska, you lost a lot of one-score games, but you lost all of these one-score games. You found a way to lose every single one of these games. So it's curious, though, clearly just looking at the SP Plus ratings from uh, this latest batch here from ESPN, they're putting a lot of stock into the returnees that Nebraska has and the fact that 
basically the predictive models that they're looking at tell them there's no way Nebraska can be as bad as it was a season ago. And maybe that's right. We'll have to see. Yeah. Maybe they're, they're banking on a little bit of regression to the mean on some of those one score games. You know, a lot of times, you know, you, you might see a team do really, really well one year and they're really good winning one score games. And the next year they're not so good at winning one score games and it kind of all balances out. You know, usually teams aren't like dominant in one score games. A lot of things, factor into how a team can win or lose a close game, a bad referee call, just one play going the wrong way. If it goes the right way for that team, maybe they win the game. And so a lot of things can factor into that, but it's still, it's surprising me, you know, to see Nebraska so highly thought of, especially after they lost their quarterback that went to Kansas state. And now a lot of team, a lot of people are thinking maybe Kansas state's a dark horse because they got Adrian Martinez. Well, the, are, is Nebraska better at quarterback than they were last year? It's hard to say, but I just, I'm just not a big believer in Scott Frost. I, I think it's great. Like he had a good run. Uh, was he at UCF also at one point in time, or was it, I can't remember if it was UCF or yeah. USF. Yeah. So everybody coming from UCF, they, they just have great careers for some reason. But yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't think he's, he's a power five level head coach. And that's okay. Like some guys do great. You know, they make a, a long living, have a long career running group of five teams, even FCS teams. And that's okay. Like you can be great at what you're doing, but just not be able to win at the highest level. And that doesn't make him like a bad coach. He's just not a big, a power five coach. Um, So I, I, it's interesting. You know, I'll be curious to see what the line looks like whenever that comes out for week three, uh, how, what the, what the difference is, you know, how much will Oklahoma be favored by? I assume they're going to be favored. But it, you know, the way this looks is that you know Nebraska might be a, a close dog in this one, and, and if that's the case, uh, you'll be you'll be expecting me to to take uh, Oklahoma minus the points. Um, but coming up next, let's talk some odds. Let's talk uh, through a few of the interesting options that you might have over at Bet Online. We're going to do a little either or with Josh, and and we'll see where he lands on some of these. Coming up next. Well, and that gives me a chance to tell you that you should go check out betonline.net. Our partners over at BetOnline, they continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all of the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs. We're right there, NBA Finals. Last chance to uh, to get down some wagers on the NBA season. Major League Baseball, of course, we're just getting cooking there. So you got plenty throughout this summer that you can check out. Futures. Uh, daily wagers, fights, and even, of course, next season's NFL futures. BetOnline, your continued source for all of your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's take a look at some of these odds that are out there. Some interesting numbers. Yeah, so BetOnline has got us covered on some of the football futures. We've talked about Oklahoma sitting at eight and a half on the over-under win totals. Dylan Gabriel currently plus 2,800 to win the Heisman. OU and their season opener is a favorite by 32 points against UTEP. Um, and to win the national championship right now, Oklahoma would pay out 4,000. They're plus 4,000 to win the national championship. So what I wanted to ask Josh a couple things. First, so Texas Tech has the same odds to win the Big 12 as Oklahoma does to win the national championship. 
Which do you think is more likely, Oklahoma at plus 4,000 or Texas Tech to win the Big 12 at plus 4,000? I think more likely is Oklahoma to win the, the national championship. I don't see Texas Tech as a team that is winning the Big 12 conference. To me, it's OU, it's Texas, it's Oklahoma State, it's Baylor, and it's maybe Kansas State. I'd be surprised if anybody else gets in there and wins the Big 12 conference. Certainly not. I, I like Donovan Smith a lot. I think that they're you know, a lot further along in terms of the athleticism at quarterback, but it's just everything else for Texas Tech. It's the skill guys. It's the offensive line. It's the running backs. It's the defensive line, linebackers. That defense in general historically has been such a problem for the Red Raiders. It's less about Donovan Smith, and it's more about the fact that the sum of Texas Tech's parts, I don't think right now today entering 2022 are good enough to win this Big 12 conference. I don't. I'm not picking OU to win a national championship. I still think they're a year, maybe two years or more away from doing that under Brent Venables. But if you're giving me a 40 to one flyer on either or, yeah, I, I like Oklahoma's chances to win the national championship better than I like Texas Tech's chances to win the Big 12 conference. I'm favoring OU to win the Big 12. So I got to like their chances at the national championship better than I like Texas Tech's chances to win the league. Yeah, I think that's those are all fair statements. All right, moving on to Dylan Gabriel at 20, plus 2,800 to win the Heisman or Oklahoma minus 32 against UTEP. I think Oklahoma minus the 32 versus UTEP. Obviously, Oklahoma's supremely, you know, in terms of the differential there, supremely more talented than UTEP. I'm not crazy about the fact that it's game one for Brent Venables, that it's going to be played at 2.30. That alone, I mean, maybe you lean on the run game a little bit more, just try and get through that game. But, you know, you're trying to make a statement in the first game of the, the Brent Venables era, too. To me, it's pretty well a coin flip that Oklahoma is, is really close to that 32 number. I don't feel like Dylan Gabriel – winning the Heisman is anywhere close to a coin flip for me. So if you're asking me one of the two, then I'm taking the 32. And I feel pretty comfortable that Oklahoma's got a really good chance in week one to just totally blow out, race away from UTEP. Again, the fact that it's the season opener scares me a little bit. The fact that it's getting played in the heart of the day and could lean, you know, lend itself toward Oklahoma trying to lean on the run game a little bit scares me a little bit. But uh, again, out of the two, I certainly like the UTEP line better than I like putting all of my eggs in the Dylan Gabriel basket to, to win the Heisman. I don't think that's a bad, you know, middle odds type bet on a Heisman favorite, but ultimately if you pick, if you ask me right now, who's winning the Heisman, I think it's either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Yeah. I think the, the mountain to climb for Dylan Gabriel to get to the Heisman is higher than, Brent Venable's defense showing up week one, looking to make a statement and the offense just humming. Like they could very well, like I know we got UTEP fans that listen to the show that think that the, the minors are going to be really, really good this year. And they might be really good, but I think this defense is going to be so fired up to put on a show and kind of make Brent Venable's debut a remember a memorable one. And Dylan Gabriel, I mean, this offense is going to be humming. Like, you've got a quarterback that's familiar with the offense. There's not going to be any, you know, settling in or 
getting your feet wet with the offense, like it's going to be ready to roll uh, when he, when they take the field for the first time. And so I think it could very easily be one of those games where they, they put up 35 and the defense, you know, carries there into the bargain as well. Uh, and could be a 40 point win. You know what I mean? Like it could be one of those big, big wins. And like you said, they could lean on the running game with a, you know, you got guys like Eric Gray, Marcus major, Javante Barnes, major and Barnes in particular, like, Give those guys 15 handoffs apiece and just, you know, just run right at that defense and punish them, you know, get Eric Gray 10 touches on the perimeter and make them run. Like you got a good group of runners that is going to make every team that they play this year work. And that's a great opportunity to, to get them all some, get them all some run in a, in a game that's likely going to have a warm environment uh, against a, a team that you're a heavy favorite against just lean on your run game you know, take some shots down the field, you know, develop a big lead and then let your defense get after them. Because if I just knowing what we know about guys like Danny Stutzman, Ethan Downs, Marcus, you know, uh, Stripling, Reggie Grimes, they're ready to, they're ready to prove something. They're ready to show that they were, they could have been starters all along that yes, they were sitting behind some talented dudes and they lost some talented dudes. But after an off season of hearing all about all that Oklahoma lost, they're ready to show that, hey, we're more than capable of stepping into some of those holes that uh, that departed in the offseason. Yeah, it's just, you know, that 32 number is just a little spooky. It's a lot of points. You, yeah. you could play you could play a really good football game, winning the thing 49 to 20, and guess what? That's, that's not a cover. Or you right. could go out and play really well and win the game 35-10 and – Guess what? That's that's not a cover. So I do think against UTEP, Oklahoma, in in my mind, I'm going to be pretty surprised, really surprised if at some juncture in that game, Oklahoma's not leading by four scores. So I think Oklahoma's going to be right near that 32 number. I'm not totally ready to lock in that they're going to cover it. But to me, it it is going to be about a coin flip on that. Yeah. But and it's like you said, the odds of covering that game are a little bit better than the odds of Dylan Gabriel winning the Heisman it, in our, in our minds, at least. Uh, so how high would Oklahoma's win total projection have to be for you not to take the over? So it's set at eight and a half, which to me, that's an easy, I'm betting the over on that, but how high would it have to get for you to feel like, oh, okay, now we're, now we're getting a little bit questionable here. 10 and a half. Yeah. If you had the over under at 10 and a half, with that that hook there on it, I wouldn't be as crazy about it. And even 10, I feel really good about that, that Oklahoma, to me, that, you know, you look at the schedule and just thinking back to our conversation about the SP plus ratings. Okay, if Nebraska is the best team that Oklahoma is playing in 2022, which I would, again, take those rankings to task. I don't think that's going to be the case, that Nebraska is the best team that Oklahoma is playing. But look, if Nebraska is the best team OU's playing, it's a – I mean, in some ways, it's a disaster of a season to lose twice, right? right. And under that scenario, you would then push the 10-win total. So to me, eight and a half, nine and a half, those are slam dunk. You bet the over bets for Oklahoma. You start getting into 10 and a half where you need Oklahoma to only drop one game in the regular season. I think that's how it's going to play out for OU, but I'm I'm a little less comfortable with it. And certainly, you know, 11 or 11 and a half, I'm not touching it at all. Yeah, and we'll have to talk about which team we think is gonna gonna be the one that possibly trips them up this year. Uh, there's a there's a lot of good teams, and I think the the parity of the Big Twelve 
is such that you know several several of these teams are going to give Oklahoma really good games, and Oklahoma is going to give them really good games. It's going to be really good at the top of the conference this year. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so for subscribing on YouTube. Trying to get to 2,000 subscribers by the start of football season. So if you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Josh is at Josh on Ref on Twitter, and I'm at John Nine Williams. Uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>